All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to another episode or the inaugural episode of the Raised in Baseball podcast. The Raised in Baseball podcast. So what this first episode is going to be is about uh, kind of what we're going to be setting up for the future. Um, our ideas, our thoughts, why you should tune in and listen to our future podcast and uh, just go over a few things on what you can expect from us. All right, so I just wanted to kind of go over some of the, the main things that I feel like uh, we really want to do or accomplish with this podcast. And uh, some of the things that we're going to be doing are having interviews with athletes. So I've had the the opportunity to come into contact with a lot of different pro minor league college and uh, even some high school guys that are really good and I feel like have a lot of great insight into what they're thinking or what they're doing. So that's one of the main things that we're going to be doing on here is having those athletes that I've met and they're going to come on the show and maybe talk about some of the stuff that they've learned over the years or that they just want to talk about. That's the thing that we've, we've you know, when we started Raised in Baseball, it wasn't just about you. It's about being raised in baseball. And so having other people's stories, other people's thoughts, their accounts of, of how it started for them um, is, is important. The work ethic that's required, um, the skills that you need to develop uh, as at a young age, or sometimes not so young of age. What Mario Rivera started playing baseball at what, 16, 17, 18? Yeah, he started late. Late, by most typical people's accounts, right? So you never know um, what it takes. Sometimes it's a, you're gifted or it's genetics or luck or whatever. Sometimes it's a matter of grinding your face off and making it happen. So, um, But some of the things that, that, like you talked about, is, is uh, pro players. Yep. And so we've had the opportunity to meet quite a few pro players, a couple of them that we hopefully will be able to get on. Uh, there's Trevor Bauer. He's a really big one. Uh, Mike Clevenger. Ooh, that'd be nice. Uh, that'd be very cool. All those guys. Very, very cool to have them on the show. We know Josh Young. He should be coming on the show here pretty soon. Um, there's Josh just solid guy. A very, very solid guy. But uh, a few of the guys on the Rangers, uh, Austin Bibbins Dirks. Love him. And then uh, there's there's a lot Jose more. Trevino. Yep, Jose Trevino. So I think I think I guess the the big thing is you have had access to a lot of players and been able to pick their brains about quite a few different things. And uh, I guess that's something that's a little bit different that we bring to the table is one access to memories or thoughts or, or discussions that we can talk about. Um, and so you've got, who else? Uh, there's a lot of minor leaguers that I know that I've worked out with personally. There's uh, Colin Thoreau. Ryan, yep, uh, Ryan Moselli, he's double-A with the Dodgers, Cody Thomas, Hunter Markward. But there's a bunch of – there's a lot of different players that I know, and you kind of put me on the spot so I can't yeah. name all of them, but right. there's but It's the lot. grind, and that's the common thing is that you've been able to work out with them, literally lift weights or throw balls and or hit, and, you know, Bobby Witt. Yeah, Bobby Witt, I was just thinking well, about Bobby that. Bobby was number one draft pick – Two years ago, a year ago, two years ago. I think it was two years ago. Two yep. years ago, same round that Jace or Josh Young was uh, in. So, um, it's just a unique perspective. The other thing I think that we bring to the table that's a little bit unique is it's a father son relationship. Not only just a father son relationship, but it is a father son coach player relationship, and that's a delicate sub subject I think for a lot of people. Um, if you've ever been the son of a coach, you know the the. the the goods and the bads of being that. Yep. Um, and so you'll get both perspectives. Nothing's off limits for us. So we'll be happy to talk about our journey and our thoughts, your thoughts, my thoughts, and uh, just get it out there. So um, 
anyways, that's 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 one of the big things is is the access to players, and I think it's going to be really interesting. There's a lot of things that um, players don't talk about or get asked. When was the last time you heard a player be asked about you know what was it like growing up? You tell me about your experiences playing little league or you're playing you know select ball or travel ball or rec ball or whatever it was at the age of five. No one no one really talks about that and the path. They all want to talk about. You know, how you once you're today? there, yeah. yeah. How you feeling about you know your game today? Well, that's interesting. That's great. Once you're in the league, you know. But the backstory is what intrigues me. The backstory is what I think you can really learn from as a um, a player, a coach, uh, as a kid, as a fan. I think that's where the interest is. And I think like you know, Trevor Bauer started watch momentum. Yep. Because there's nobody really telling the story of the MLB. Nobody. And he's bought, he's brought a really cool perspective to that of getting a lot of different players with cool personalities and throwing together a bunch of funny videos or interview or interviews with them and just letting anybody who clicks on that video to get access to something that normally you wouldn't get from MLB or just some of the MLB media. So I think it's a really, really cool perspective of just the players, and I really like what he's what he's done with. Gotta love Washington. love what he's doing. Yeah, it's you because know, there's there's so many personalities and so many stories, and you don't get to hear those stories because MLB squashes them, and they don't want you to have access to or don't want they want to control all the media and all the hype and all the the narrative of of who and what you are. You'll talk to the players and MLB will or the teams will literally come out and say, "Hey, when you do an interview, this is how you need to act. When you do uh, uh, advertisement." You need to act this way. You need to wear this way. You can't wear this. You can't wear this. You can't talk about this. Whatever. They're very restrictive. And so, you know, with with Trevor being able to start watching momentum with a very talented group of of uh, filmmakers, editors, uh, directors, uh, it's it's a really exciting time. And I think it's just the beginning. You see, turn two starting. Turn two. Turn two media starting to try and get into that type of market where there's a backstory of of what the players are. You know, the players uh, ball network. There's a bunch of, of, of new upstarts that are trying to show who baseball players are. Yeah, I think that that's just really cool. So you talk about it all the time, like NASCAR, how they got all of that access with the, the headphones. You could literally hear exactly what they're doing, and those those drivers will sign autographs pretty much forever. That's what yeah. I've seen. And it's it's really cool that you can have that kind of player-fan relationship, I guess, with NASCAR. And I think it'd be really cool if you could really get that to come into the MLB. All right. So player's perspective, coach's perspective, father-son perspective, that's something we're bringing to the podcast. Um, what Tanner's really known for, I think, personally, is his work ethic, um, what motivates him, his grind, his daily grind. We document that on the Raisin Baseball Instagram channel and longer format on the Raisin Baseball YouTube channel. And so you can see that side uh, from him, but – uh, the other thing is you have you have a lot of gear. <laughs> I, I do. You have a lot of gear. I do. And so uh, being able to connect with some of these manufacturers that create these brands, create these products, is another thing that I think we're going to try and bring in. You've got you know pl- the the glove manufacturer from from Easton, the glove or the glove designer from Easton. Abe, you've got uh, Ryan from Wilson. You got Ryan from Rawlings. If you want to be a glove designer, apparently you need to be named Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, Eric Walbridge from from Marucci. So being able to have these type of contacts and share the insight or the thought about like, you know, what what created this pattern? Tell me about tell me about why this 
this camo mesh came to play and tell me, you know, this, uh, you know, the design of what makes this Yadier Molina different than any other catcher's glove or um, a Horween glove. Talk about that type of leather. So being able to talk to the people that actually design some of the products that each and every one of these ball players, talking to you, talking to you, is using is pretty is a pretty interesting perspective. And so we have that access. We have access to bat manufacturers. Wood bat manufacturers is something I think is a, a really cool. Um, cool industry yeah they're i mean the ones that we've talked to pretty much all of them are very open about how they make their bats where they get their wood what like what is very special about making wood bats and so there's a few that i know would be really cool to have on here there's american batsmith uh abo i feel like would be very very cool to get on this show because just from talking to them i've learned so much about how wood bats are made, what they look for, everything like that. So that's what I feel like with the with the smaller companies, with the wood bat companies, they know or they'll they'll be more open to talking to you about how they make a wood bat and what they look for. I think even like like Kyle, Kyle is is uh, the wood bat designer or the bat designer for for Rawlings, and just being able to pick these people's brains about like. What species? What are you looking for? Why? Why do you have to have the label on this way? And it's not because it's the best way to hit specific species. It's because MLB got tired of shrapnel flying through the air. So they did a huge study that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars that says in order for the wood not to shear as much into sharp, fragmented pieces, you need to hit this way or put the label this way if you're a manufacturer. So there's some things that I think would be really interesting to hear about that. The wood... The, the wood bat and the wood model turns, I think you have, most people grab a, a wood bat and they have no idea. They think a wood bat's a wood bat's yeah. a wood bat. Uh-huh. They um, all think it's the same thing, but in reality, there's so many little tiny changes that they can make to that wood bat that can kind of change the feel entirely, especially with that handle. You tweak that handle a little bit and you're going to feel it. You're going to notice the difference. So that's what I, I, that's another thing that I really like about wood bats. You can, you can feel the the different wood. You can feel the different make, the different turn. And I think that wood bats are kind of special with the, the way that they make them. And, I mean, metal bats are special too. We've talked with uh, the guy from Rawlings who makes all the wood bats, or not wood bats, but the metal bats. And it's kind of crazy how much technology goes into those to making them the best that they possibly can be to meet those certain standards that either BB Corp or USA or uh, USA Baseball is put into put into play. So it's an, I really enjoy learning and like talking about that. An, an incredible amount of research and development goes into to aluminum alloy bats and composite bats. An incredible amount. So you know everyone thinks that that um, maybe bats are just repainted. Nope. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, but I'm telling you, behind the scenes, while they're maybe rolling out the second bat uh, or a third bat, they're already starting, you know, they've got a roadmap that they're already starting to do more research and develop on how do we improve their product because everybody wants a better product. You have a better product, you get better market share, and more people want to buy your bats. So, so uh, it's been, that's that's an interesting thing. I, I really like uh, being able to pick, you know, the, the people who make the brands or the make the product, their brain because like Tanner was saying, being able to tweak a wood bat is really unique. Some people don't know what cupping does. Yep. You know, you change your moment of inertia, your MOI. If you want to Google that, it's well worth it. Have fun with that. Moment of inertia is a big thing. That's why you can have a guy who hits like crazy with one bat, give that hot bat that you think is the most 
awesome bat ever to another guy and he swings it like crap because that's just not his proper MOI. That's not the distribution of the weight and where that weight is located doesn't really work for this guy, but it works for that guy. So it's a it's an interesting thing, especially with wood because it's so tweakable, so changeable. Uh, cupping, elongate, you know, if you if you do not have a cupped bat, you get more weight at the end, but it also gives you a longer sweet spot. So there's there's a few things like MOI and center percussion that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, why a thicker handle versus a thinner handle, an aggressive neck down from the barrel versus a more tapered, longer neck. You know, there's always different things that you can do with wood, and I think that's kind of what makes it special. Not just that it's a natural, living, breathing, yeah, wood bat, wood but, bat, but you, you can, can change it, change it like however you really want it. Ash versus maple, maple versus birch, birch versus beech, uh, European beech wood. So um, it's just a really cool thing to see and talk about. I don't know, maybe we're just getting geeked out about it, but yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So. Um, then we can talk about the social media thing. You've, you've, we've, we, I recorded all this crap, or he records some of his crap, and, you know, I'm the cameraman, he's the ball player. A lot of times you'll see him, and the reason why you see him is because I'm recording. Um, but talking about how do, how do you grow your social media account? Why do you grow your social media? What do you not put on your social media account? Especially what do you not put on your social media account? I mean, there's a lot of good things that you can put on there, but there's also a lot of bad things you can put on there, so... I feel like especially me and you especially know a lot about that and we can we can really help out some people that may not know either players, coaches, fans, whoever, just kind of guiding them on what to put or what not to put on social media because that makes a big difference. You definitely don't want to put like one of the big things for me is if you if you're trying to dedicate a page say for baseball and you put up something like soccer or video games on there, it kind of changes the whole narrative of that page and so people. You're, now you're going into like the nuances of how to yeah, have a successful page. Right. But the truth is like what you really do not want to put on is negative stuff. That's a very big thing. Don't be a jerk. That's rule number one in life. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Because guess what? You can come back with I'm sorry, but screenshots last forever on the internet. Yep. And you never know once you tick off the wrong person. What could happen? What could happen? That goes for your Snapchat. That goes for your Instagram, your Twitter, all this stuff. People screenshot it immediately. And if you don't think so, you're foolish. So be very careful on how you talk to people, what you say to people, because you could be a top prospect and all of a sudden all your chances go down the tube because you've been trashing other players. You turn out to be this nasty guy that's going to be a terror in the clubhouse of a Division One powerhouse, and that coach is going to be like, I got 200 of you that are lining up behind you to take your spot. Similar attributes. I'm going to take the guy that's a stud in the locker room, meaning like he's a guy that builds everybody up and is a team player, you know, on and off the field versus the guy who's can, you know, have, have the talent, but is a, is a jerk in the, in the locker room. Yep. And one of the things also that I'd really like to do on this podcast, uh, my dad, he doesn't keep up with the baseball stats and trades as much as I do, but I really like talking about stats, trades, rosters, everything like that. So we might be putting some of that on this podcast if you guys want to see that. You have been pretty good at predicting who's going to the World exactly. Series. <laughs> I've, I've gotten pretty dang good at it. At the beginning of the season, no less, right? And people always ask me, like, right after the World Series is done, who's going to win the World Series next year? And i got to wait until, like, at least halfway through spring training in order to get a decent estimate of who's going to win. But I'm pretty dang good at it. 
So it's pretty funny. We've got that going on. The other things that we can talk about aside from building an Instagram account or your own brand is how to deal with the oh, jerks. Yeah. Right? Jerks. Especially. There's going to be jerks and that's okay. You can be a jerk. That's just, that's the beautiful thing about America is I want you to have freedom of speech. I really do because I want to know who the jerk is. So, you know, there's especially in these times, people want to talk about like silencing or banning or blocking or whatever, man. But the truth is, that's the beauty of freedom of speech. They're not underground. They're not hiding. They're telling you out in the open and they're fearless about how much of jerks people can be. At least I know you're a jerk. At least I know I don't want to do business with your business. At least I know I don't want to draft you. I know I don't want to recruit you because it's out in the open and you put it out there for free. Willingly. And willingly. So I personally think that's a, a big deal. Anyways, dealing with jerks, dealing with bullies, dealing with the pressure of of tryouts. That's a common one that you get lots of questions about like, hey, any suggestions or tips about how, how to, to do it? prepare for tryouts? How to prepare for like tryouts. Like the night before. I got tryouts tomorrow. Can you help me out? <laughs> Dude, if you really needed help with tryouts or like getting ready for that, it's too late if you're a day before and still asking for help. It's too late. That's yeah. the biggest thing is be prepared before you actually have to walk on the field. So, and if you didn't, then you should have. Should have. That's the fact. Should have, would have, could have, as my so, grandpa said. Should have, would have, could have. Should have, would have, could have. If in nuts or beers and nuts, we'd have a hell of a party. <laughs> that's another one. His grandpa's got a bunch of Jimmyisms, is what Jimmy, we call them. Jimmy, I can't say. Jimmyisms. Jimmyisms. Yeah. There they are. So, anyways, uh, the other thing we'll do is a, is a bunch of glove reviews. This one is is my personal glove as a as a lefty. I'm bringing back the the lefty. Listen, a, what do they call it? AMSR? ASR? What's that? ASMR. What do you whisper? Look. We'll have to see how that sounds after this. Hold on, one more time. I know if I get like a little plastic bag and I get really close and I shake it all up, it sounds really good. But Anyways, I'm bringing back the lefty love for, lefty. for catching. And in case you, you're a pitcher and you're confused on what to do, I don't know if you guys can read that. It says, throw it here. Throw here. So we have uh, plenty of gear. Tanner's got uh, the new Manny Machado NP7 um, right there. So we, we, we've got tons of, of gear uh, that we, we talk about, we use, uh, tell you whether it's good or bad, whether it's for everybody, whether it's for a few people, because that's the thing. I don't think every gimmick, every toy, every tool is for everybody. Yeah, there's certain there's certain players or people that it kind of applies to, and if you're not those certain players, then it's not right for you, and it might do some damage to your swing or to your uh, to your fielding. I don't I don't know exactly, but... It could do some damage more than it does good, but for some other players it might do really well for them, but for you it just doesn't. So It's like saying hit a pop-up. If you're a ground ball hitter, try hitting a pop-up. Guess what? It's not going to be a... It's going to be a line drive. It's not going to be a pop-up. Right. If you're a pop-up hitter, you flare it off, and I tell you hit a ground ball, typically what's going to happen is... Ground ball or line drive. So usually rarely, a line drive. Rarely a ground ball. Yeah. So if you're already patterned to do something like a pop-up or a flare, and you... you are told to hit a ground ball, you're typically going to hit a nice line drive. And the, the reverse happens for, for people who are, are ground ball hitters. So um, it's not for everybody, right? So if I got a ground ball hitter, I don't need to tell him to hit him on the ground. He's already doing that crappy job. So um, hit it in the air. That's not the guy. So same thing goes for tools. Same thing goes for drills. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get a few few coaches on as well. Uh, Coach Ferber, Coach Casey Smith, or Casey Smith, Ooh. out front hitting. Dang, and you just brought those guys up. Yeah, that would there's be quite a few good guys. Characters, Bobby, Bobby Tewksbury, also known as. Uh, gosh, I can't think of it right. Bobby, big, Bobby Big Leagues. Bobby, there it is. Big Leagues. Shout out to Coach S Ferber right there. Yeah, with the nickname. Bobby Big them. Leagues. 
Love Coach Ferber and his nickname. So that's kind of the gist of of what we are going to be covering and talking about. That's the reasons why you should probably follow us. And uh, we'll be putting out one to maybe two podcasts out a week. Uh, maybe more, maybe less. If it takes longer, we'll also put the video version of it on YouTube so you can check it out there. And then it'll be broadcast to all the other local or normal uh, oh. podcast uh, sites. So yep. Spotify, Apple, everywhere you'll see it. Everywhere you get your podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast. That's what every single time I see a podcast commercial, it's like, find it anywhere you get your podcast. Yep. There it that's is. That's good, Tanner. That's good. Yep. So, and that's the end of it. So, uh, be looking for, I think, next week, we're going to be talking to Josh Young. Josh, who, Young. Josh Young is the number one prospect, or I, I believe it currently I is the number one is, prospect. Yep. He was drafted two years ago uh, by the Texas Rangers, and um, he came to the house to do a, a podcast, which was awesome, get some work in. So, uh, stay tuned for that, which is already uh, something that have, we have scheduled. So, you'll see Josh next week. And then we'll line up some new great guests to be interviewed and talked about um, in the future real soon. So thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. And we will see you guys later. On the Raised in Baseball podcast. Podcast. Y'all have a good day.